Hi, I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be 36 great date questions. Well, I actually got the idea to do this video from a viewer who sent me a link to a New York Times article. It was from 2015, and the title of the article was The 36 Questions That Lead to Love. And what I thought was great is some of these are some pretty good questions and others elicit negative responses. So I'm going to go through a few of these questions and just to kind of give you an idea of the kinds of things if you're going out on a date with somebody that you should focus on. Because you got to remember, I've talked about this in the book and in countless videos over the years. Whatever emotions that your questions or your conversation is going to elicit in the other person is what they're going to associate with being with you. And so especially like in the very beginning when you're out on the first couple of dates, you wanna make sure it's positive, uplifting conversation. I mean, obviously at some point in time, you're gonna get into other topics, but especially when you're trying to create attraction and especially if you've gone out on, you're on a date with somebody, if you're a guy on a date with a woman and her attraction is only, a, she only perceives you as like a five or a six out of a scale of one to 10, Talking about negative questions that elicit negative emotions is the difference between versus having positive ones is the difference between getting a second date and her ghosting you when you try to set up a second date. So I got a quote that I wrote in this topic and then we're going to go through, this guy's got a really short email and then we're going to go through just a few of these questions. And I'll, on my this article on my website, I'll have a link that you can actually go to you want to have fun with it you can even have this on your cell phone or if you want to write a few of them down on a piece of paper you can say hey i got this really great article that i came across there's like three sets of 12 questions and supposedly they're going to as the new york times claims it will lead to love and happiness and you can pull out a sheet of paper and you know open it up and kind of play with it and being kind of silly and then you can kind of get together with it and like let's go through some of these these, these are kind of fun and it'd be a little project together so it can elicit some positive emotions in your date, especially if you're the type of person that is kind of nervous or maybe you're going out with somebody who really fucking knocks your socks off and you tend to kind of choke up and not know what to think of. Instead of trying to memorize some things, you can kind of have it as like a fun exercise, something that you can do together to bond. Almost like if you think about it, you ever seen some of those game shows where people go and they have questions and they work on a team together. You can kind of have that same kind of approach. So the quote that I wrote for this particular video says, when you're on a first date, your questions and topics of discussion should be positive and fun. It's best not to discuss negative or overly serious topics. If you're a man on a date with a woman, whatever emotions your questions and topics of discussion elicit or what she will associate with being with you. Save the negative and heavy subjects for after you are intimate and serious, or you will run the risk of turning your date off and lowering their attraction to you. If it's not positive, uplifting, and fun, being the key, don't bring it up. You're on a date to have fun and enjoy each other, not to be their therapist. You want to be an escape from life, an enhancement, someone to bond with, and a blessing, not a turd in a punch bowl. So the viewer's email says, Hey, Corey, simply put, you're amazing. Well, thanks for the compliment. My question, what do you think about asking a woman on the first date the 36 questions that lead 
to love. Here's a link if you're not familiar with it. And again, underneath the video, I'll have a link, if you're watching this on YouTube, a link to where you can actually go and check this out. And the idea is to write down some of the positive ones, which I'm going to go through. And I'd leave the negative ones for, obviously, a later time. When she's head over heels in love with you, then you can kind of go through those. Thanks in advance, I've already referred your book to a lot of my friends. So soon you're going to have to change the name of your book to How to Be a 4% Man. Well, like I talk about in the book, only 3% of the world's population is succeeding at the highest level in every area of their life. At the end of the day, there's always people being born. Our population seems to continually expand on the planet, at least for now it is. And there's always somebody that's going through a breakup. So there'll be plenty of people. And for those of you, I see people sometimes going, God, I really don't want to recommend your book to my friends because what if too many people find out about it and then they have competition? Well, that's a scarcity mindset, obviously, and that's not the way you want to think. So let's go through some of these questions in the world. And this is like set number one. And I notice it seems like as you go further, the questions tend to get a little more serious and obviously you see some negative ones. So this is actually the first question off set number one. It says, given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you have as a dinner guest? Pretty interesting. Number two, who would you like to be famous and in what way? And this is this one's kind of funny. Before this is number three, before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say and why? It's pretty positive. Good questions. So far, so good. What would constitute a perfect day for you? Pretty good positive question. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? And here's here's number seven. This is like kind of a negative question. It says, do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? I mean, on a first date, you don't want to be talking about dying. So obviously, I would nix that. The idea is to be playful, to be fun, uplifting, positive, the kind of questions that can make you laugh and obviously make your date laugh because that elicits positive emotions. Here's another one. Number nine, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Good positive question. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Probably wouldn't ask that particular question because why? Why wouldn't I ask that particular question? Because what it presupposes is that there's something wrong with your childhood or that you had a negative childhood or there's something about you that you don't like. So let's go into, this is the set number two. Again, I'm not going to go through all these. I want you to go to the article and check it out, but these are just a few of them. I want to comment on them just to kind of give you some ideas which ones I think are good and appropriate and which ones you want to kind of steer away from. Number 13, and this is for set number two, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Pretty good. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? That's a positive one. What do you value most in friendship? That's a good one. Because it's a po- it, the question presupposes something positive. Number 18, what is your most terrible memory? I definitely steer clear of that one. Number 19, 
Another one with the death questions. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you're living now and why? Again, it presupposes that you're not doing what you should be doing with your life. Number 20, what does friendship mean to you? That's a good one. Tells you how the other person thinks of it. What roles do love and affection play in your life? That's an interesting one. And kind of give you some insight on what the other person thinks about love and what they think about affection. Especially if you've a book that I highly recommend is The Five Love Languages. It's a real short, I think it's like 100 pages. It's a great book. Because people, some people giving affection or giving compliments is their love language. Other people, it's giving gift. Other people, yet it's spending quality time with the other person. If you're somebody who's a gift giver and that's how you show affection and you're dating somebody who wants to hear how much you care about them and you don't really understand that, then you're communicating by giving gifts that you care about the other person and the other person say they, they like affection and hearing compliments. No matter how many gifts or nice things you do, you're going to make the other person, if they want affection, feel like you don't care. That's why I, th I think that's a really great book. That's another fun one to discuss. Hey, I read this great book recently. It's by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. Do you know what your love language is? That's a great topic, especially like relationships, because women love to talk about dating and relationships, and those are great questions. Have you read The Five Love Languages? Well, here's the premise from the book, and it really was enlightening for me. Like for me, my family was all about gift giving personally. And that was what I thought was great when I read that book because I didn't realize that. Naturally, everybody in my family, they give gifts as their way of showing that you care. The nicer the gift or the more thought that goes into your gift, the more you care. If your gift sucks, it means you really don't fucking care about the other person or there wasn't much thought. Like gift cards, it's like, come on. 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most people's. That's an interesting one because it presupposes that you were happier in your child than, than most people. Now, what if the person you're on a date with says, oh, my childhood really fucking sucked? I mean, a positive, optimistic person, no matter what happened in their childhood, is like for me, my dad used to kick my ass all the time when I, or he ignored me. Never heard I love you, never heard I'm proud of you, great job, never heard anything like that. It's the only time my dad tended to get involved in raising us was to discipline us. And the rest of the time he was ignoring us and tuning things out. But I don't say those things on my dates. I look at it and, and it's a positive thing for me. It's positive what I went through. It really caused me to value relationships. And like I like, love dating women that are very affectionate. Because that was something that I was missing growing up. So I really appreciate and I really value that. You know, it's the same thing. I, could, I talked about my book, about my divorce. I always have a, that was a great thing. I learned a lot. My wife helped me become the man that I am today. And I'm eternally grateful for her. It's like I see people sometimes commenting on my YouTube channel about my marriage. And it was a bad marriage. I was like, I never fucking said that. Are you kidding me? I didn't say that in my book. I talked about the positive things and how I mean, my wife changed my fucking life. She was the first person in my life who really, truly fucking loved me for me. I mean, it was transformational. 
It was a gift. I'm always going to be grateful to her for that. Number 24, how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? That's an interesting one. Especially if you're not too sure, you're on a date and you're not too sure about the other person, how their relationships with their parents, especially women with their relationship with their dad. Did you have a great relationship with your dad? Are you close with your dad? That's one you could ask. Because that's important. If you're on a date with a girl, and I mean, the bottom line is statistically, women who have great relationships with their father and they place a high value on communication and commitment and their parents are still together. Quite frankly, from my own personal experience, they are going to be a lot more likely to communicate and talk things out and work, work things out. And typically women who grow up where they had a bad relationship or a non-existent relationship with their father, they're typically going to have a hard time trusting men. Those women often tend to be jealous, tend to be insecure, tend to assume the worst. And especially if they grew up in a household where there was a lot of arguing and fighting going on, they oftentimes, men and women both, are going to want to avoid things when there's problems. And they're going to be the type that'll say, I don't want to talk about it. Or they just never bring something up. Or they, worse, they give you the silent treatment. I've talked about many videos over the years about experiences like that but these th these are you can use these to kind of pre-qualify your date as well just because if it's a positive question you're asking them a positive question and they just have one negative answer after another what does that tell you about them where they live emotionally well if everything that comes out of their mouth is negative that's their worldview they're pre they're always going to presuppose something negative versus something positive And these, like this one, number 28, tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time, saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. So obviously some of these, these questions as you get further down in the 36 or are really like, what if anything is too serious to be joked about? So in other words, that's a negative type of thing. And these are the, these, like the first couple sets, there's a lot of good positive questions. But obviously you get in the latter sets of these, Number 35, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing and why? Not appropriate for a first date. That's not okay. Maybe after you're dating or maybe when you get to the point after a couple months, couple months of dating and your girl is in love and she wants to be exclusive, maybe that's the right time, I would say, to bring up some of these. I'd say the set number three of questions. If you're trying to decide whether you want to get serious with somebody or not, that's a good time to bring these kinds of sets of questions up. But anyways, on the original article on my website, I'll have a link to this New York Times article so you can go check out all of these. But again, the idea is to be positive, to be fun, and only you know, take some notes, put them in your phone. You can take them with you or take it on a sheet of paper and make a game out of it and just have fun with it when you're on your date. And so if you'd like to get my help personally, you can go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen, and follow the instructions for booking a paid phone or Skype audio coaching session with yours truly, and I can help you personally. And until then, I will talk to you soon.